Good afternoon. During today's hearing, we will receive stakeholder testimony on native priorities for the 2023 reauthorization of the Farm Bill. Our goal is to consider these priorities with an eye towards compiling a bipartisan bill with the full support of the entire committee. I want to thank the Agriculture Committee Chairman Stabenow and Ranking Member Bozeman for being such great partners in advancing native priorities in the Farm Bill. The 2018 Farm Bill was the first to meaningfully expand USDA program support for native producers and native communities. From tribal self-governance expansion to new authorities for forest co-management, the 2018 Farm Bill was a big step forward. But it was just a start and we can and should build on that progress. For the upcoming reauthorization, native stakeholders are calling for additional support, self-governance, and autonomy in food production, inspection and distribution, and management of natural and cultural resources, including forest resources. They're also seeking acknowledgement and incorporation of traditional ecological knowledge in USDA's conservation practice standards so that native land stewards can use traditional conservation methods while also modeling best practices for others to follow. Most notably, native communities are calling for wraparound navigator services, that is targeted engagement for on the ground help to identify and apply for USDA grants, provide technical assistance with grant applications, and assist with compliance issues through the life of the grants. These are essential priorities for federal agriculture policy. American Indians, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiians have come together to advocate, engage, and be heard by Congress on their farm bill equities. And this committee in particular has been listening. In addition to regular engagement from Native stakeholder groups on their farm bill priorities, the committee worked diligently with member offices over the course of two Congresses, gathering and analyzing input from Native communities. So far, our record reflects testimony from the administration and Native producers on challenges with credit, insurance, infrastructure, access to markets, and technical assistance, numerous site visits to Native community farms, ranches, rivers, lakes, and fish ponds, multiple field hearings on the continent and in Hawaii, a roundtable discussion with community leaders, and the work continues with today's hearing. The next step towards our overall goal of developing a bipartisan bill. Before I turn to Vice Chair Murkowski for her opening statement, I'd like to extend my welcome and thanks to our witnesses for joining us today. I look forward to your testimony and to our discussion. Vice Chair Murkowski. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Really appreciate that we are here today to talk about the native priorities within the 2023 Farm Bill. Um, really want to thank all the staffs, all the staffs, for the work uh, that they have done in getting us to this place. You mentioned all the different steps that have, uh, that have brought us to this place, um, in addition to the roundtable that we had. Um, everything that we've put in place is, is just yet another step forward in progress. But we know we need to do so much here. Hunger and poverty in Indian country are significant reasons why the Farm Bill matters. One in four Native Americans rely on federally supported nutrition assistance programs in the Farm Bill. Alaska Native and American Indian communities pay more for food than the average consumer while also earning incomes well below the national average. Um, in places in my home state, fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, basic staples, just more expensive uh, because of travel and storage costs. Oftentimes you can't get anything fresh at all. So what we have in front of us is a major opportunity to support tribal producers, food sovereignty, 
and traditional ways of life. In the 2018 Farm Bill, we authorized a demonstration program that allows tribal governments to procure tribally produced foods for USDA food projects, and we did this by expanding 638 self-governance contracting authority to the food distribution program, the uh, FDIPR. So as a result, more traditional, locally grown food is making it to the plates of native elders and kids, but we need to take this further and expand the authority to the entirety of FDIPR, not just the sourcing. Um, you've mentioned the uh, forest management. Um, I think we've, we've got some, uh, some opportunities here to expand self-governance at the USDA Forest Service. In 2018, again, we extended the 638 con contracting authority for certain forest management activities on federal lands, including harvesting timber for subsistence and resources under the Tribal Forest Protection Act, but the authority is underutilized. I think we have seen the Forest Service approve only about a dozen agreements over the last 20 years, and only a handful of those utilize in any way the 638 authority. Based on what we've heard from tribal leaders, this tool isn't working as intended, and so uh, what more we can do there to, to develop a legislative proposal to bring meaningful self-determination and self-governance authorities to the USDA and Forest Service, again, is going to be one of my priorities as we move forward. I want to extend a special welcome and thanks to President Peterson from Central Council of Clinkett and Haida. He's participating virtually today. Clinkett Haida has been a leading advocate for greater tribal self-determination across the board, including with respect to traditional food systems and incorporating traditional practices into forest and land management. I think we're going to hear President Peterson talk about his efforts on the 638 um, agreement with the Forest Service as it relates to Mendenhall Glacier. So I'm looking forward to hearing his comments um, on expanding 638 authorities at USDA and all that that can do to make a difference, particularly in southeast Alaska. Mr. Chairman, thank you again for this hearing and, and for the good work of all of our uh, committee members in advancing this. Now turn to Senator Smith for, a introdu for a introductory remarks. Thank you so much, Chair Schatz and uh, Vice Chair Murkowski. I want to just say how much I appreciate the chance to work with both of you on uh, Native Farm Bill provisions. We've had many conversations about this, and I greatly appreciate it. And I'm really grateful for this committee's attention to the unique needs of Native and tribal communities in this upcoming Farm Bill. You know, I serve as both a member of this committee as well as a member of the Agriculture Committee, along with Senator Lujan and Senator Hoven. And I represent a state with 11 sovereign uh, tribal nations and a very strong ag sector. So these issues are very close to my work and very close to my heart. Um, for months, this committee has been working to create the building blocks of a strong Native Farm Bill, and I want to thank everybody who I've had a chance to work with on this, um, especially um, Senator Hoven and Senator Mullen, who we've been working together on various provisions, um, as well as many others. Um, I, I know that this hearing today is going to focus on uh, our ongoing effort to build a strong bipartisan Native Farm Bill that expands self-governance, that boosts Native agriculture, ranching, forestry, and food production, and makes sure the tribal priorities are included in every um, title of the Farm Bill as we go forward. So thanks so much to our witnesses for being here today. I look forward to this discussion and the work that we can do together. Thank you very much. Senator Hoven. Thanks, Chairman Schatz. Uh, appreciate it. I want to thank both you and Vice Chair Murkowski for holding the hearing um, and I really look forward to the input uh, that we'll receive. USDA plays a critical part in supporting our farmers and ranchers. There's over 80,000 American Indian or 
Alaska Native producers uh, in farming and ranching, and they generate over $3.5 billion in ag sales each year. Um, I'm on the Ag Committee as well, and during, when we wrote the 2018 Farm Bill, I was actually chair of this committee and uh, worked on it as a member of the Ag Committee, as is uh, Senator Smith and others here. We included uh, 62 different provisions in the Farm Bill which benefited tribes in, in the current Farm Bill. And so now as we look to, re to write the new Farm Bill, we, we need to be mindful of the kinds of things that we can do that are important in Indian country. And uh, uh, Senator Smith is, is right, you know, on top of it with the FDIPR, uh Tribal Food Sovereignty Act. We actually put that uh, legislation in as a pilot program, included it in the 18, and so now you're taking it and, uh, to, uh, uh, you know, to an established program uh, and, again, consolidating the administration of it, which will streamline and improve it. So I'm really pleased to co-sponsor that legislation with you. Uh, Senator Smith, and I thank you for taking that initiative, which I, th I think this, it's just a really cool program, and I think it's going to touch a lot of people, and it just already is, but a lot more people in Indian country um, in, in a very important way and certainly uh, reflects you know, our belief in self-determination. Uh, also, I want to uh, commend Senator Peters and Senator Fisher uh, on the Tribal Conservation Priorities Inclusion Act, which really gives... Um, Native Americans more say when it comes to the NRCS programs. And then also, I'm working with Senator uh, Tester, who is a member of this committee on bipartisan legislation that will greatly strengthen both the Livestock Forage Program and the Emergency Livestock Assistance Program, not just for tribal members, but for all farmers and ranchers. But because we have so many Native uh, farmers and ranchers, it's a really important provision, particularly as we try to get uh, this next generation uh, into, you know, really young people like Senator Smith and Senator Murkowski and, and uh, Senator Cortez Mastel into the, uh, the next, you know, get this next generation into farming and ranching. The average age overall for farmers and ranchers is, is about 60 years old. And there are a lot of hurdles to getting into uh, farming and ranching. So we, we need to continue to provide these programs. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for your indulgence. I appreciate it. Thank you. Senator Mullen. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I'm glad we're having this hearing today, and I would like to say a few words about the bill Senator Smith and I introduced, the Prime Meat uh, Processing and Indian Country Act. I believe the Self-Determination and Education Assistance Act has been one of the most successful policy initiatives in Indian Country to date. Uh, 638 contracting has paved the way for federal Indian policy to be one of the most uh, self-determinations and empowerment programs around. 638 contracting in Indian country began with the interior in 1970, and later HHS has brought it into the fold. Neither agency accepted with open arms broad changes to how, the, how uh, business would be done within Indian country. Nevertheless, tribes and agencies stayed the course and worked extremely well together. Now tribes manage over one-half of the programs offered by BIA and IHS. Uh, I believe it's time for USA or USDA to help move 638 contracting in a new direction within Indian agricultural. Um, that's why Senator Smith and I came together and introduced the Prime Meat Processing in Indian Country Act. This straightforward bill gives tribes full 638 contracting authority for USDA's meat inspection process. 
Uh, I understand that 638 contracting with tribes is new to USDA. This process was new to Interior and HHS at, HHS at one point. Uh, but there can be and there is some very talented people at USDA, and I believe they'll figure this out. Uh, because no one can deny that 638 has been a gold standard within Indian country. With that, I yield back. Thank you very much. We'll now turn to our witnesses, and Senator Murkowski, if you'd like to introduce uh, your witness from Alaska. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, I briefly introduced um, uh, President Peterson. As I mentioned, President Peterson is um, with the Central Council of Clinket and Haida Indian Tribes uh, of Alaska. Uh, again, uh, not only has, has President Peterson been leading on matters related to, to uh, self-determination, he has been uh, truly a leader when it comes to um, all aspects of, of Native governance, not only in the southeastern region, in the Clinket-Haida region, uh, but statewide. So it gives me great pleasure to be able to welcome him back to the committee today. We're also pleased to welcome uh, Mr. Davis Price, the Hawaii Regional Director of NDN Collective in Eva Beach, Hawaii. Uh, Mr. Cody Dizitel, President of the Intertribal Timber Council in Portland, Oregon. Ms. Abby Fain, the Director of Policy and Government Relations in the Intertribal Agricultural Council, Billings, Montana. And Senator Mullen, uh, you have two witnesses to introduce. I do. Thank you again for giving me time, um, Mr. Chairman. I'd like to introduce two Oklahomans to this committee. Uh, the first being Jay Spawn, a Cherokee citizen and executive director at Self-Governance Communication and Education Tribal Consortium in, uh, in Tulsa. Earlier in his career, Mr. Spawn served as a senior analyst for GAO. We're, uh, we're very lucky to have someone with Mr. Spawn's skill and experiences promoting self-governance and self-determination policy inside Indian country. I thank you, Mr. Spawn, for coming to D.C., and I'm excited to hear your ideas on how this farm bill can be best for, uh, for all of us inside Indian country. Second, I'd like to introduce Trent Kissy, uh, Eastern Oklahoma Shawnee tribe, member of the Ottawa County, or a member from Ottawa County, Oklahoma. I didn't want to mess that one up. I would have gotten... I would have gotten in trouble when I went back to intercouncil. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kissy currently serves as the Director of Agricultural and Natural Resources at Muscogee Creek Nation. Trent is also one of many talented individuals running Muscogee Creek's Looped Squared. Did I say that right? Uh, I, I know I've been to the facility. I just was making sure I had that right. Uh, meat Processing Facility in Beggs, Oklahoma. Trent also serves on the board of Intertribal Agricultural Council. We are all very grateful to work with him and his guidance from the Intertribal Ag Council as, he, as we write the farm bill that works for Indian Country. Mr. Kissy holds an ag degree from the Oklahoma State, master's degree from OU. Very confused there, sir. I mean, Oklahoma State's kind of known for ag, but I got to tell you, I got one boy wrestling at University of Oklahoma and one boy wrestling at Oklahoma State, so I understand the confusion you have there. Uh, but we won't hold that against you or me, hopefully. Thank you, Mr. Kissy, for joining us here today. Are they in the same weight class? Unfortunately, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm trying to work that out. The other one I'm trying to have eat a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> so I wish you luck. I'm going to wear a shirt when they wrestle each other. It says it's white and says America on it. <laughs> <laughs> or Mullen. <laughs> um, all right, uh, we'll start with our witnesses, and we'll remind 
um, our witnesses that we have your full testimony as part of the written record, and we'd like you to confine your remarks to five minutes or even less if possible. Uh, we'll now start with uh, Mr. Peters Peterson. Please uh, proceed with your testimony. 